0: What's up, Cowboy Nation? It's season two, week seven of the Launcher Cowboys podcast, and of course, I am your host, Mitch. We have an awesome week to talk about once again because we are now sitting at five and one, six and one if you count us beating the refs, and we are excited to be here and talking Dallas Cowboy football once again. Joining me tonight. I have the saint of all editors, the saint of all producers, the man, the myth, the legend. Shitstick,
1: you did it right.
0: What's going on, man? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> Not a whole
1: lot, but you literally stole one of my biggest talking points in that intro about being six and one instead of five and one. Like I was going <laughs> to oh, bring that up. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I kn- I knew we were going to get there. Yeah. We will definitely yeah. talk a lot about that one. Um, as we have some, um, some maybe controversial comments made by uh, but, by Zeke tonight mm-hmm. or today. Um, I think that the,
1: that was actually right after the game. They did a post game interview oh, with well, him out, outside the locker room. Yeah, so that happened. Oh,
0: okay. So that was that was in the heat of the moment. <laughs> yeah, <know. laughs>
1: which you know, if he if he was actually like you know, because it was one of those where they had the you know some of the guys working from Dallas Cowboys media like Outside the locker room where they'll pull people aside if they, if they get a chance. It was like, right. you know, he was still had like the tape and like some tape and stuff and uh, paint on his arms from the field. So oh, I, he okay. hadn't even yeah. gotten a shower yet. So, <laughs> 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 so.
0: nice. Well, so yeah, we'll get, we'll get into the deep, the down and dirty of all of that stuff because um, we are coming into a bye week. So we don't have a whole lot to talk about as far as next week goes. Um, but we are going to dissect the game um, against the Patriots, the 35-29 to 29 victory, and, um, you know, just do what we normally do, and then we'll, um, you know, break and preview for next week. So, um, but that being said, yes, Wayne is missing tonight. He is on vacation with his family, enjoying a much-needed break. Um, so, you know, uh, We won't have his dulcet tones and thick thighs this evening, but of course we will uh, miss him and he will be, he should be back next week. So, all right. So anyway, let's roll right into the week six review. As I said, we beat the new England Patriots 35 to 29 in an overtime victory. Um, Heck of a game to watch. Um, I was literally pacing my living room for the last like, Basically the whole fourth quarter and overtime. Um, I don't think I sat down. Actually, any of it. It was crazy. <laughs> um, pretty much from the point where. Um, when was that? I jumped up and then just never sat back down. I think it was when we scored. It was when we scored. I think it was on the digs interception and in the pick six. Yeah. And then I was up. I was up the rest of the day or the rest of the game. So. <clears throat> But awesome game. Um, really, really, really fun to watch. Just if you if you enjoy football, that was a fun game to watch. Um, you don't have to en- e- even like either of the teams, but I know these are two teams that, you know, draw quite a bit of angst from most fan bases because um, they are so popular amongst and have such big followings uh, amongst football fans. So um, usually... It, You know teams like the Cowboys, the Patriots, um, you know the the Steelers. Teams like that usually draw a lot of hatred if you don't like them as a team. So, you know, pretty pretty fun game regardless whether you like either of the teams or not to watch. So, um, but yeah, let's uh, let's break it down a little bit. Um, If you want to go ahead and start, I'll let you roll in your. One positive and one negative from the game before we dissect it too deeply.
1: Ah, uh, I'm going to start with a negative. Our goal line offense. Now, okay, I'm not like I'm not as like upset about the goal line stops. I mean, we're playing Bill Belichick. Like if he's he's got a good you know front. And on that defense for, for that, those kind of, but like some of the play calling was just like you do two sneaks. The first one, Dak, that dude, this is the second time this year Dak got in and they just didn't give it to him. And we're going to go back to the whole getting a uh, microchip in the football. So we know when it yes. crosses the line. Like this is absurd. That's two touchdowns this year. Yes. Um, yep. We should have won this game before the fourth quarter like this game should have been in hand. Um, yeah, were,
0: it was, should have never gone into overtime. Yeah.
1: Um, so there's there's two. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was just those two big red red zone stops that they had. Um, yeah. Well, the well, no, because the other one, I don't think we were in the red zone. Dak just threw. He tried to thread the needle and get that to Wilson in the end zone and through the through the interception. Um,
0: yeah, it was a tip, a tip ball, tip know. drill there that they caught in the end zone. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, but I mean. <clears throat> against that kind of defense, like Kellen Moore, you've got to be more creative um, against Bill Belichick because you got to pull out stuff that he hasn't seen. Like two quarterback sneaks in a row is, is not going to do it. Like, I'm sorry. Like against Belichick, you can get away with that with almost every other team in the league, but not not Belichick. He's too smart for that. Um,
0: yeah, and and my frustration too there is we've already had a game where – we had one an exact play like that go against us. So why did we not learn from that? You know, even if you are gonna have Dak run a QB sneak, I know he's trying to keep himself safe, but um and keep a hold of the ball, but you you know if there is any benefit or if there's any doubt whatsoever um by the camera view that they're not going to rule it a touchdown. You have to make that run visibly obvious. Yeah. You can't just put the ball in your stomach where you can't see the ball from any angle and trust that you're just going to get the benefit of the doubt. In that situation, you have to make it obvious. You have to put that ball where it can be seen. And yes, it puts it at risk, but that's the that I mean, you're taking a risk anyway by doing that, running that play, and you're definitely taking a risk running it on fourth down, which it got knocked out of his hands. but you you can't leave any opportunity for there to be any doubt, um, because the refs they're 90 percent of the time, they're going to err on the side of it not being in and then go to the camera unless there's definitive proof and they see it. And then the camera will just, you know, solidify it. But that's two times now um, that we've had a goal line QB sneak like that go, you know, against us. And we've definitely, I mean, you can tell his body is in, but there's no way for them to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt, which is what it takes for NFL reviews. And it's been like this for a decade or more that they've been doing reviews like this. So, well, it's even been longer than that because the music city miracle, they had reviews then. And that was what? 99, 97.
1: It was, it was a while. Yeah. Something
0: like that somewhere around in there. And, and they, they had reviews then. So they've been reviewing plays for a very long time in NFL. And you don't realize that yet that you have to make it beyond a shadow of a doubt. Um, That's just, yeah, and and be more freaking creative. Like didn't we run like a reverse into a pass at one point in the season on the goal line and it was it worked like ridiculously well? Why can't we be a little bit more creative mm-hmm. on our goal line plays? Like I agree 100% with that comment. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, just go ahead.
1: Oh, you're good. That that was like, you know, a big negative. I mean, our defense needs to get a little bit better too. Our defense played—I would honestly say—probably the worst game of the year this week. Um, we just let them run all over us. Like they were just running. F- I mean, they—they they look like Zeke and Pollard out there, and I don't even know the names of the running backs to be honest. Um, and yeah,
0: Dam- Damian Harris,
1: <clears throat> yeah,
0: Damian Harris was the one, and um, that. Ro- Ramondre Stevenson? Stevenson, Stevenson. Yeah, yeah. He was he was running all over us mm-hmm. too, but he only had five carries, thankfully.
1: Yeah, and there was a few times that really kind of irritated me, and I texted the. I forget if it was in Discord or if it was in our our just our text chat, um, but it was like he's running the ball, and everybody's just trying to get the ball out instead of trying to tackle him. Like he got oh like an extra God. twelve yards or something. Yeah. You know, just because, I mean, Trayvon Diggs is holding on to him, trying to punch the ball out, trying to, everybody's, you know, it's like at some point he's just going to, he'll just carry you into the end zone if you you just can't get the ball out. Like, just tackle him and live to fight another play. Like, it's fine if you don't get a turnover all the time. And I, I like being aggressive. Don't get me wrong. I like, I like going after the ball. But... Comes a point whenever five guys have hit hit him and tried to take the ball away, and he's not giving it up. That you just need to tackle him and not let him get an extra ten yards. Like just just get him on the ground. So yeah. Uh, as far as positives go, um, I mean, special teams was great. That block that block punt that was really nice. It's nice to, I mean, I mean, just all over the board, just being aggressive. You know, we're going for it on fourth down, which that first drive was, uh, uh, yeah, should have punted it, in my opinion. You know, I like being aggressive, but I get why they did it. Um, you're playing in, you know, in Foxborough against Bill Belichick, come out, try to make a statement. Didn't work, but, you know, you'll have that. I do like the aggressiveness and the fact that we can overcome a 115 I don't know if you have the stats there but it was like 115 yards in penalties and two turnovers two turnovers yeah, tur- two turnovers in the end zone and still win the game
0: yep 12 penalties for 115 yards and two mm-hmm. turnovers <clears throat> one yeah. fumble loss and one interception thrown yep
1: yep um, so it, it just know, those are the types of things that championship teams do where they can they cuz and I've I've said this in the past and you know people will probably get upset that I'm repeating myself but in the past the Cowboys would have two turnovers in a game in the red, like if red zone or wherever and have 110 penalties we're losing that game. It doesn't yeah. matter who we're playing. We're losing like in most teams in the NFL you have over a hundred yards and penalties, multiple turnovers. You can't recover from that. But the Cowboys have that resilience and have that just overpowered offense that can just drive down the field and score. And Dak's becoming that Aaron Rodgers type where people are like, Oh, you left him too much time. He's gonna yep. go score. And Dak yeah. is becoming that. And people really need to watch out and put some respect on Dak's name because there's a lot of people that even people that I'm friends with that are like, Dak is not a championship style quarterback. He's not good. Blah blah blah. There's people that still believe that, and it's like obviously you're not watching what he's doing week in and week out. So blah. that is my positive no, there, and negative.
0: There, there is no way if you know anything about football that you can watch a Cowboys game and think that Dak is not a good quarterback. I mean, he he makes throws that you're just like, Holy shit. How did that, you know, how did he get that there? You know, (laughs) just, I mean, it's, it's impressive. I mean, he is, he is a, a talented, talented quarterback and there is no, no denying it. Um, And you're only denying it if you're a hater and you don't care to actually acknowledge um, somebody's talent. Uh, Admittedly, it's the same thing that I always did with Tom Brady because I hate Tom Brady and I hated New England. But I still say that Tom Brady was as great as he was or or the Patriots were as great as they were because of the system and Tom Brady was a perfect fit for the system. Mm -hmm. Now, Tom Brady is still a very talented player, but... Um, because he's showing that as well in Tampa Bay, but I I just think that that marriage was just too perfect for it to ever fail. But yeah,
1: yeah, and for what were you gonna say? Oh, uh, I've got just a few things about Dak in this year. One is something that we I mentioned before we started recording that Dak Prescott had 445 passing yards against uh, the Patriots, and that's the most ever against a Bill Belichick coach Patriots team. That includes the playoffs, so there's that. And right now, Dak has 1,813 passing yards, which is 5th in the NFL, 70, uh, 73% completion percentage, which is 2nd in the NFL, 16 touchdown pass, passes, which is 3rd, a point, 302.2 yards per game, which is 5th, 115 uh, passer rating, which is fourth, and 8.4 yards per attempt, which is seventh, and four interceptions. So, um, I mean, he's on an M- MVP. He's he's like, it's just the type of season he's having. It's you know, it's an MVP type season. Do I think he'll get it? No, because you know they'll give it to somebody else that. That, you know, I think the whole MVP voting is kind of trash anyway. And I don't really care if my quarterback gets MVP. It would be nice, yes. But, you know, I just don't think Dak will get it just because of, you know, there's still a lot of people out there that don't think that he's a franchise quarterback. And guess what? He's showing you week in and week out that he is. So,
0: absolutely. Yeah, so I would say um, for my one positive and one negative. Um, for my negative, um, allowing Mac Jones to have a QBR or QB or passer rating of 119. Um, yes, we picked him off, obviously. Diggs got him for a pick six, but... Um, it, we made Mac Jones look way better than I think he is right now, especially as a rookie. Um, so you know that's concerning. I mean, they their top re- re- uh, receiver Kendrick Bourne had the one who caught that long touchdown right after the Diggs pick six. Like I've, I've said this before, but who even is that? Like who is ha- who? Like Brandon Bolden isn't, isn't he like sixty years old? No, he pretty, sh- like,
1: pretty sure Kendrick Kendrick Bourne, I'm pretty sure came from uh, San Francisco. I'm pretty sure he played there. Cause I remember cause Michael Michael's a San Francisco fan. And every time he would catch a touchdown there, I'd be like, Jesus Christ, it's Kendrick Bourne. And uh, you know.
0: Never
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> never even heard of him. I'm pretty
0: well, just sure just like I a- said, like I had never heard of Matt Judon until this season like I mean these guys must have just been playing in
1: (laughs) I've heard of Matt Judon (laughs) like come on dude
0: a vacuum or something but you just don't pay um, attention
1: to I mean they're they're an out of division out of conference team you know yeah I don't pay attention
0: to the other divisions as closely but um, but yeah that's it just Ramondre Ramondre Stevenson Nelson Aguilar when did he come over there like It's just crazy. We made these guys like look these Ulcerans look pretty decent, and it's kind of concerning. But um, so yeah, that that's my one negative. Just not, you know, you kind of mentioned it too. But our defense didn't look very great. Um, But at the same time, um, you know, we were playing in Foxborough, and um, you know, we were playing against the refs as well so we didn't really have a whole lot of advantages there so it was kind of a tough tough road to hoe so to speak um, for us so yeah you know, again being picky that would be my one one negative and as for it well actually I'll, I'll do two I'm not super happy with our rushing um, only 122 yards rushing on the game.
1: Well, you got to, it's like Belichick. Yeah, I know a lot of
0: the game was kind of predicated on that, and Belichick was kind of keying on Zeke. But, yeah. um, you know, would have liked to have seen a little bit more uh, rushing yards, just seems kind of low for especially the way we've been playing lately. But that kind of leads me into my positive as well is that um, even though they took that strength away, which has been a strength the last couple of weeks. You know, like you mentioned, Dak had four forty-five and three touchdown passes. I was pretty darn close on my bold prediction of Dak having um, accounted for all the touchdowns Uh, because we didn't have a rushing touchdown. Um, Dak had three passing touchdowns, and then Dagon, if we didn't get a pick six. Saved it. Classic classic Trayvon Diggs. Um, but, yeah, so just uh, good to see that we're able to be um, – I think you maybe mentioned it last week possibly or the week before. I can't remember exactly when it was. But, um, you know, we had discussed that we are good enough and capable enough of an offense to – Run when we have to run and pass when we have to pass. Mm-hmm. so you know that's it's a that's a good feeling to know that if a team is really really strong against the run, that we can throw the ball fifty times and still win a game and if they're gonna take away take away the pass, Zeke and Tony are gonna you know be able to pull in two hundred yards rushing if we have to so um just a good feeling for sure. And uh, happy to know that that we we have that capability for sure. So, um, that being said, we'll go into our score and bold predictions from last week um, for this game and pick a winner.
1: <laughs> nobody, um, nobody won. <laughs>
0: well, I mean, nobody really won bold predictions. There's just no way, no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Mine yeah. was Dak will account for all four touchdowns. And he did not. Um, Daniels was, Diggs won't have an interception this week. And, of course, he did. And Wayne's was that Dallas will have a safety or that Diggs will play an offensive snap. And none of those happened. So, Um, by default, I win because Dak had three touchdowns and none of your alls were close. So, booyah. (laughs) <laughs> and score predictions um mine was twenty eight twenty not really close daniels was thirty one nineteen um not too bad and Wayne's was thirty three to sixteen
1: if they so didn't have that we, stupid bomb if if that <sighs> if my <laughs> i mean obviously i still i would have been i would have been the closest but I still wouldn't have you know
0: well, it, so you're f- what four and 10 is 14, and Wayne is two and 13, so 15 points total difference. So, oh, guess what, Daniel? You win score prediction. You're only a total of 14 points off. And well, what was yours? 15.
1: Yours was nine and seven or nine and six, Wait.
0: nine and seven, nine and yeah, seven. sixteen. Okay, yeah.
1: I mean, you know, I'll take it, but I'm not happy about it because it should have been, (laughs) it should have been,
0: you want want, Daniel, you wanted to win. You got to win. Just be excited for once. Come on, man. I'd be
1: excited if you didn't give yourself the bold win because Dak had four, three (laughs) touchdowns and not four. It's, you know, that's not closest without going over. (laughs) It was the closest. I mean, I'll give you that. Like, obviously, you know.
0: Wayne Wayne would be here arguing that his was the closest because we almost had a sack or almost had a safety.
1: We definitely almost had a safety. Right. I don't okay. So I know, so, but he
0: tried he tried to do that in the chat. Yeah. Yesterday.
1: So everybody listening. So Wayne was like, I think I was the closest on that because we definitely almost had a safety. And Wayne only watched like the last quarter of the game. I think he's he's on vacation right now. So, um, and he's like, well, you said we fumbled in the red zone. I was like, we were driving and fumbled in the red zone, like, and then they returned it for, like, 24 or, 24 or 25 yards. I was like, there was, there was no chance for a safety. He's like, no, no, no. He's like, we could have had a safety there. I'm like, that, in what world? In what world are we playing from the one-yard line trying to get into the end zone, fumble it, and they return it to the 25 that you think that we could have had a safety? We didn't sack yeah. him three times after that and push him back to the one, you know? <laughs> like, come on, dude. Like.
0: <laughs> that that that's Wayne just yeah. his over analytical head sometimes but all right so like I mentioned there is a bye week this week so we don't have a whole lot um obviously to talk about tonight because we don't have a game next week to um but do we not are
1: do we not have no, a lot to talk about really injuries oh no
0: I mean we do we do hang you on know, like I'm, getting right. I'm getting there I'm getting there let the host host. Oh,
1: well, you know. You, you, As a listener, you, I'm like, oh, that sounds like they're wrapping up the podcast.
0: Oh, I'm not. No, I'm not all wrapping right, up. Right. Um, just Let me do my thing. Let me do my thing. Right, we'll do I, it, got a, we'll, I got a plan. We'll, I got a plan. We'll do it better. So, like I said, <laughs> not a lot to talk about for next week because of the bye week. Um, We won't have our, you know, obviously the fantasy must plays for the Cowboys and all that kind of stuff because we don't have a game next week. But. Um, There has been a lot of, um, you know, things happen in the last 24 hours at least um, that we need to talk about before we move forward and um, prep you guys for an off week. Um, So today, about uh, probably 3 o'clock, 2 o'clock, somewhere around there, um, comes across the sports ticker that Devontae KZ was arrested Last night for DUI. Um, so yep. beautiful, um, you know. Obviously, during the game, there was a you know the the big seventy five yard pass, the first play following the uh, Diggs pick six, and the two players involved were Diggs and and KZ. And if you watch the play, Diggs is. Um, tracking the ball and knows that he has help over the top and um, lets up to avoid what would have been a nasty collision, likely, if he would have kept going. Yeah. Um, And thinking that KZ would come over the top to, you know, at least bat the ball down or something. So Diggs was trying to avoid the the major collision and thinking that KZ was going to get there. And then KZ also let up. And, um, at that point Bourne was able to catch it and take it the rest of the way. And for the, for the 75 yard touchdown, um, saying all that to say, um, you know, Diggs being the, I mean, I, I don't know him personally. And obviously I look at him with quite a bit of favor because of how he's been playing. Um, but just seems like a really, really great guy. Um I get a lot of that too from the uh from Hard Knocks. Um I just really enjoyed him and his company on the show as far as like, you know, hit the way he was with his kid and and everything. Um so it's hard not to like Diggs. And uh after the game, you know, he took full blame for the interception or for missing that play and, um, the long reception turned into a touchdown. Um, you know, just really feeling bad about it and saying that, you know, that was on him. He should have, he should have made the play. And, uh, something that I think as any fan of a team loves is when a team has each other's back, you can tell that this team, um, they love each other as players. They're friends. They're they're close with one another, and they love to play with each other. They love to help each other out. And KZ, after hearing Diggs's comments about you know that being on him, um, KZ responded with a with a story on his uh, Instagram that said the lies with a crying laughing face. Nah, little bro, that was on me but great game, keep being yourself. Hashtag DPOY, Defensive Player of the Year. Um, you, it's just that that, is, that right there is a brotherhood. It just shows that these guys are brothers on and off the field. They love one another. They play hard together, and they have each other's back. So that's just one thing that I wanted to bring up tonight because it was a, a you know really cool thing to see. Until, you know, obviously we turn around and find out the news today that he got arrested for DUI. So not a great um, look for him, for KZ, um, but definitely feels good knowing that the team has each other's back. The team is, um, you know, they, they... they help each other. They're they're looking out for one another. They love each other. Like I keep saying, that it's just it's a cool feeling and a cool thing to watch. Um, and I think Wayne was talking about um, what was it the uh, was it this week or last week when they were all playing like basketball in the trash cans together after the games and just
1: they do that all um, the time. They'd-
0: just having a blast together
1: mm, yeah they're they're always like amari cooper goes live almost once a day and they're doing stuff like you know you know playing basketball in the trash cans in the locker room and yeah, you know.
0: just having a good time yeah just being just being teammates yeah that's good i like to see that kind of stuff and then um daniel if you want to talk about the uh zeke comments um and go a little bit more <laughs> into that
1: yeah uh like, I don't know, I mean, obviously players can't say certain things without getting in trouble by the league. But after the game, I mean, his, let's see, let me see if I can, I, I literally, where did I, oh, I put it in our our text chat. No wonder I can't find it. Zeke said, um, whenever he was asked about the, the officiating in the game, Zeke said, there's no excuse for that. It's ridiculous how the refs called the game. With the follow-up of, at least we were able to overcome the Patriots and the Zebras. So <laughs> even, you know, and because and they, they asked him basically like how hard is it to mentally overcome that kind of stuff where they're calling all of these penalties on you and basically nothing on the other side of the ball. And that that was his response. So it's not just a like, you know, you see some bad calls in the NFL from, you know, a lot actually. And there's a lot of penalties that, that are like, oh, they had to call that, blah, blah, blah. It's like like the time, ty- I remember the one specifically where it was like hands to the face with uh, Tyron Smith. And I was like, really? Right, and then, yeah. then they showed it and I'm like, Okay. He literally had him around the throat. Like you can't do that. Like you can't grab him by the throat. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. stuff stuff like that. But I don't know how many how many times I saw white jerseys being yanked on from our defensive linemen. Like it would it would be dropping back to pass. And like I see white jerseys like being pulled by their offensive line. And I'm like, are then there no flags? No flags? Nothing. 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 And finally, they did the one on Randy Greg, like uh, the penalty, the holding penalty, where they held Randy Gregory, where if they didn't call it, it was a touchdown, and they called it mm-hmm. back. Um, and
0: oh, and remember the one where Dak got hit in the helmet yeah. on a pass, yeah, and they didn't call. That's like always, uh, like if that was Tom Brady, yep. they would have that. That would have. 100 110 times out of 110 times
1: that would have been
0: a penalty. Yeah, I'm you know, I'm thoroughly just ridiculous stuff.
1: I'm thoroughly convinced that there's quarterbacks in the league that that don't have penalties called on. I mean, you see it with Lamar Jackson. Like there was a big stink at the beginning of the season about how they weren't calling some of these penalties um roughing the passer penalties against Lamar Lamar Jackson and like Harbaugh was pissed about it. And you know, I I I Thoroughly convinced after years of watching football that there are quarterbacks that they favor with these kind of penalties like Tom Brady, like if you so much as touches helmet or graze his helmet, it's going to be a penalty. Aaron Rodgers, you know, like these types of quarterbacks are going to get the penalties. And then you've got your guys that are obviously rookies are going to take a beating because they need to learn. But it's almost like a tier system of quarterbacks where they will call it, you know, if you're like one of the top quarterbacks where they think that you're like the best in the league, you know, and some of them are like, I mean, Brady's old and fragile. Now, if he gets hit, like Randy Gregory hit Mac Jones, Brady wouldn't get up. Um,
0: Yeah, that hit was ridiculous. Yeah, and it
1: was a clean it was a clean hit. But I guarantee you if Gregory did that to Tom Brady penalty. Hands down
0: I, I I mean it wouldn't surprise me honestly, but I don't know that like I even said it in our chat that was literally like take that sack mm-hmm. and show it to kids in peewee football because that was the quintessential perfect tackle, yeah, I mean he wrapped up, he had his head up, he was watching what he was hitting. I mean he hit with his shoulder and wrapped his arms around him immediately like I mean it was the perfect wrap up tackle that you could like it was it was picture perfect it was awesome yes. it was and and then like maybe that's honestly like I didn't even think about it till right now maybe that is why Mac Jones didn't get hurt because he form tackled him and didn't go for some you know dangerous you know shot to the head Mm -hmm. or, you know, rolled up his ankles or something like that. Like he just literally tackled him like you're supposed to tackle. And honestly, like if you get tackled a safe and normal way, it shouldn't hurt. I I mean, mean, yeah, it's it's going to like maybe knock the wind out. (laughs) Yeah, it might knock the wind out of you or something a little bit, but you're not going to like have a broken bone or, you know go home with a concussion because mm-hmm. you got tackled a little bit hard.
1: Yeah. And I guarantee you that the reason that I mean obviously Gregory's going to take that hit or he's going to make that hit as hard as he did because of all the BS that wasn't being called. I guarantee you like I guarantee you that there were probably 50% of the plays that he was in he was being held. I almost I I I haven't I don't have, you know, game pass. I can't go back and rewatch the games and stuff, but like if if I were to watch it again, like I I know for a fact I would see even more holding from their offensive line. And I think Gregory's like I got free and I'm going to make it count. And man, he got up. He I don't he didn't even realize I don't think he realized that Mac Jones fumbled it cuz he got up and was like going to start to celebrate and he saw um I forget who it was. Uh, was it KZ? Nah, KZ didn't they
0: recovered it. Hang on, let me look. Nah, it wasn't KZ. I was just looking at it.
1: It was one of our linemen, but he was like, he's a, he's a uh, rotational guy.
0: Uh, oh, Golston, Golston, Chauncey, Chauncey Golston. Golston, yeah.
1: Um, but but yeah, like, you know, he he had a shot and he took it. Man, Gregory had what two sacks in this game? Yeah, a forced fumble. Yeah, he did. Yeah, like
0: it was, and and was, those are the kind of games. That we've been waiting for Gregory to have, you mm-hmm. know, like uh, just he's getting his opportunity to shine and, and you love to see it because, um, you know, he's he's had a rocky road to get where he's at. But um, but, yeah, talking about penalties, like I was just looking at the team stats there and and it was almost a three to one ratio of number of penalties and yardage, mm-hmm. um, you know, three to one. Because we had twelve for one one fifteen, and they only had five for forty seven. Yeah, five five for forty seven. Like,
1: I mean, if you're going into if that, it's just if you're going go into Foxborough and are on a tear like the Cowboys are, I mean that's to be expected. You know, the fact that we could overcome it and pull out the win is just I mean it's impressive. And the turn yeah I mean but, it,
0: it, um, it, it speaks to the team honestly the strength of the team you know just um, not just the strength of opening another one there um, mm-hmm. not just the strength of um, you know our offense but our our defense was able to you know overcome in a few big moments too and our special teams you mentioned too earlier with the with the block punt obviously Trayvon Diggs with the pick six Um, you know, big plays when you needed them. Um, You know, we had, I don't know, I would say next to zero momentum in that first quarter. Um, We did. Felt like a shit game. All right. Like in that first quarter, just it just felt like we were going to lose that game. And then no sooner than we were talking about just, you know, uh, well, that's just chalk this up chalk this one up as a loss and we block the punt. Mm-hmm. And then you just feel you can feel like even not being in the stadium, you could feel momentum shifting in Dallas's favor at that point. And then, you know, we go down and score. And then it just it just built from there. And and it was it's just it's one of those things where when you're a fan of a team and you're excited about watching them play and then you're playing really crappy and you're just like you're just especially for what we've been through as Dallas Cowboys fans for the last 26 years 27 years um, you know you just expect the worst at this point well yeah and you as a
1: Cowboys fan over the past you know so many years since since 2016 obviously but even before that like you have this kind of these kind of penalty yards these kind of turnovers and, and key moments of the game like As a Cowboys fan, you know, like just we're still not over that from the past. You know, like you'll you'll lose a player like D Law, you're not going to win many games. It was like with Sean Lee, whenever he would go down, we would be screwed. When Tyron Smith would go out, we were screwed. Zach Martin go out, we're screwed. Now we've got depth, we have the resilience, and we have the coaching staff to be like, I don't give a rat's ass if all three of them are out. Guess what? we're going to win and we have been, Yeah, you know? So,
0: yeah. And, and, you know, that's, that's what I was getting at is that it, it's just, it's the, at this point, this team has the makeup that f- makes you feel good about it. But as a Cowboys fan, a long time, lifelong Cowboys fan, you can't help but just sit there and be like, still kind of looking over your shoulder. Like, when is that, um, you know, let down going to come and you know, because you're just waiting for it. But, Well, hopefully it's not something that's going to happen this year, Um, but it just, it's just always something that you're kind of wary of as a Cowboys fan. Um, And, you know, you're talking about coaching staff. Another thing I wanted to talk about today, um, and this was mentioned, uh, mentioned by Michael on our discord, um, but also has been, you know, discussions, especially in like Facebook groups and stuff and on the talking heads on ESPN even have been talking about it. Um, But what do you think about the status of Mike McCarthy after this season? Um, Brian Clark today said Mike McCarthy is the worst coach on the Cowboys staff right now. I believe it. Um, (laughs) I honestly like, I mean, maybe. But here's, but, you know, like.
1: But the caveat to that is that, like, he is the head coach and he doesn't have his hands in the offense he doesn't have his hands in the defense he doesn't have his hands in special teams he's there as a head coach he's not calling plays he's not yeah. doing anything so for what
0: well, he's making some decisions clearly because we've made some pretty shitty decisions and and some pretty some, shitty times yeah, i don't
1: clock management I, you know, could like, use w- some work <laughs>
0: Right, that, and that's why we're that's what we're getting at though yeah, is yeah. that that makes it that's why we're the because where we're lacking where we're where we are weak, clock management, you know, fourth down decision making. Um, I like you know, I
1: like the I like the aggressiveness. Like it doesn't pay off all the time, man. Well,
0: uh, yeah, I'm not saying I don't like it, but like even we said too, that first fourth down attempt that we went for in the first quarter, yeah. we should have punted. Oh, we should have yeah. punted that one. Yeah. You know, like it, there's a time and a place to be aggressive, and that was—I mean, it was just an obvious choice to just punt there at that on that one. Um, and and for some reason, like w- I don't know, it's just there's decisions that are being made still that are like, why are we doing this? Yeah, you ru- were good enough to overcome that.
1: You like you run that good
0: enough to overcome a first first drive punt. Yeah. Like that's not going to kill you.
1: Yeah, and you 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 do that kind of play, like you be aggressive like it's a 3 and out, like that's fine pun it. Like the defense is still fresh. If it's exactly. if it's the it, even if it's like like mid second quarter, go for it, dude. Like try it then. Cuz one, you have a better feel of how the game's going, and two, you know that defense it isn't as fresh as the first drive of the game you know exactly so and you and you know that Belichick's coming in to stop the run so if you're going to do it try to pass it do a play action just something like that you know so yeah
0: but I've also and and they even talked about it during the broadcast of the game Um, Tony Romo mentioned it several times that he just thinks that Kellen Moore will be gone next year and that he's gonna have a head coaching job. And I've said this numerous times in our chat. I've said this on many comment sections. Kellen Moore is 32 years old. He's literally only been coaching for three years. Like he was he was quarterback's coach for one year, wasn't he? Yeah. Or or okay, so so three years and five, six games is what he's been coaching. Um Two years and six games as an offensive coordinator. Um, What? Why in the world would you think that a 32 year old who's only been literally only been coaching for three years is ready to take over an entire team just because he's good at calling plays? That does not make him a good team manager. A head coach has to do way more than call plays, design and design an offense. There's a whole lot more to it. And especially the people who are saying, oh, Jerry needs to just fire Mike McCarthy next year and, and you know uh, give Kellen Moore the head coaching job. Like Jerry is smarter than that. All the flack that I still give him, y- yes, I, I realize I do give him a lot of flack, but Jerry's way smarter than that. He's going to keep McCarthy there as the figurehead for a few years and I think he's going to demand that it stay like it is this year like you said he is not involved in the defense he is not involved in the special teams he's not playing calling the plays and he is just the figurehead on the field making some decisions and he can fix that shit Um, you know his questionable timeout clock management type stuff and all that kind of stuff but Jerry is going to keep Kellen around and I honestly believe this because he's not ready for a head coaching job. He's not going to take a head coaching job unless it might be at the college level. Um, no, nah,
1: cause he, he got offered his so alma mater coaching job and he didn't take it.
0: I know. And that's the only reason I said might.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, because, you know, maybe if it came open now or, you know, after this season, then it, he might be more considerate of it. But, yeah, you know, he was offered that after one season of coaching mm-hmm. um, uh, as an offensive coordinator. So, you know, it's it's crazy to think that, and especially when you're talking about the most valuable sports franchise in the world, the most recognized sports franchise on the planet, is not going to hire a 32 year old, three year coach. As their head coach Jerry is smart He's going to keep him around But he is not going to be our head coach next year So get that idea out of your head And I will gladly eat crow If that happens hmm. I will eat a Actually, you know what I'm going to put a little I'm going to put a little bet out there for this one
1: Alright, you better I, write that down I just down saw remember it.
0: Yeah, well you'll, you'll remember it too So this is this is what I'm going to do Um, because I hate, I can't stand hot things. Like I don't do spicy, like my spicy, like meter goes to like mild and that's it. Like I, I can't, (laughs) I mean, uh, when I go to B-dubs, like I get, um, the hottest I get is, is, um, Oh, what's the, uh, Asian zing. And it's more sweet than it is spicy. It's it's been Agent a little bit spicy here lately,
1: those are some of my favorites. Oh, I, I, they're so good.
0: Oh, I love them. They're gr- they're really good, but they're not very spicy. No, no. Um, so here's what I'm going to do because I saw one of my favorite um, uh, media, so to speak, media personalities, our Facebook um, uh, super fan, Dallas Cowboys super fan. Um, why am I drawing? Oh, Scooter Magruder. Yeah he posted tonight that he lost a bet with somebody and he has to do the one chip challenge.
1: (laughs) So I've heard of people like doing that and then having to like go and like lay down and like just being miserable.
0: (laughs) So me, the guy who hates hot stuff despises hot stuff. I steer away from it as much as I possibly can I will do the one chip challenge if Kellen Moore is a head coach next year.
1: Uh, now, okay. for
0: an for an NFL team, for an NFL team,
1: anybody but the Cowboys. I know you said that Jerry's not going to hire him, but okay. Yeah, so,
0: I'm saying I'm saying he's not going to get a head coaching job next. Oh year, yeah, I don't I don't think period. he's going
1: to either. And we had this conversation the other day, and I told you like you know he's going to if we go deep into the playoffs, which I think that we have the kind of team that can. Why would we get rid of? Like I understand people offering Kellen Moore a job, and but I also said in the chat that there's no salary cap for coaching. So
0: Jerry Jones'
1: pockets are deep and very deep. You know how Jerry Jones he kept he kept Jason Garrett around for way too long, and
0: yep, he's loyal to a fault.
1: Yes, and you know that Jerry will do everything in his power if the team's doing because Jerry got emotional. To like start a training camp, like he wants another ring, yeah. And if yeah. if he sees this team, like why why ruin a good thing? And he's going to try to keep people here. So,
0: absolutely, yeah. And and that's what we talked about too. Like, you know the the most recognized, um, most valuable sports franchise on the planet, mm-hmm. billions of dollars that this franchise brings in. We will just pay Kellen Moore more money to stay than he will get anywhere else because Jerry Jones wants a ring and he is not going to let that get away. Um, so I'm telling you right now, Kellen Moore will not be a head coach next season mm-hmm. for any NFL football team.
1: What about Dan Quinn? Um, I think I think if we go far in the playoffs, th- Dan Quinn gets offered a job. He
0: might. Um, I just think right now, and, and it's all going to depend on how many jobs come open, yeah. but um, there's a lot of guys who have garnered a lot of attention for several seasons already that haven't been a recent head coach. And I think that the recency bias against his time in Atlanta will afford us at least one more year with him. Um, before so. somebody tries to steal him away again, um, if not, just if, think, if not, yeah, he's going if, to the
1: Bears. Matt Nagy's going to be done and after maybe, this year,
0: yeah, maybe. <laughs> but like, I mean, look at you know, you got um, is it is it Dayball or the the well, both the offensive and defensive coordinators at, at and Buffalo um, have gotten looks for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, the defensive coordinator in Baltimore. I uh, can't remember his name off the top of my head, but I know he's been, he's been getting looks for a long time. The offensive coordinator in no, just the offensive coordinator um, Eric Bienamy in the um, Kansas City has been rumored for jobs for three years now, um, and I think it's the defensive coordinator for the Chargers is also really popular um, amongst a lot of the or. You know, getting mentions for a, a lot of the uh, uh, potential upcoming um, head coaching jobs. Probably so, not
1: after their loss to Cleveland.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, that wasn't very pretty. But, or um, was it? No, to the Ravens. Baltimore. 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 Baltimore yeah, yeah Baltimore this week. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it, it, I just think that right now, um, because of Dan Quinn's job in Atlanta, I think – He will still be here next year, um, regardless of how well we do. No, unless we just turn around and end up being like the number one defense for the rest of this season and go on to win a Super Bowl and it's we blank like three teams going through the rest of the season or something like maybe, yeah, then it's pretty pretty obvious. But Mm -hmm. there are a lot of OCs and DCs that have been in those positions for several years and haven't had a head coaching gig yet that I think most of those will be filled um, or most of the open slots will just go to those guys and the guys like Dan Quinn that have been around for a while have had head gigs before. Um, I think they're going to you know, be passed over this time around. So that's just my gut feeling. I mean, I have no inside info on any of this. It's just, I just, I just have a gut feeling of that that's not that that's the way things will play out. And the same with Kellen Moore. Like I have no reason to think any one way or the other that I just have this just trying to look at it logically and from a sound mind and, um, you know, from a, yes, a fan standpoint, but, uh, you know, we've said many times that we try to be the most level headed, um, fans that we can be, um, I just feel like it's it's not his time yet. Um, as a thirty two year old, yes, there are some young head coaches. I got it, but they've also been coach. They he was a player three years ago. Well, three and a half years ago. You know these these guys that have come up and are young head coaches have been coaching for several years. And they' t- they were coaching in their twenties. Kellen Moore was still playing football in his twenties. So there's a difference there. Um, you know they're 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 not the same situations. Um, so I, ju- I just think, you know, like I said, one chip challenge. If Kellen Moore is a head coach on any NFL team next year, I will do it. I will do it on our first podcast that we do after that. Whenever he gets hired, if if he got hired by an NFL team, I will follow that episode or that, that occurrence up with our next episode doing the one chip challenge. Hopefully by then we'll, we'll be recording in person and we can record it on video and have that on video podcast (laughs) because that would be worth, you'd probably want to see that versus just hearing it. I don't think it'd be necessarily something fun to listen to. Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know though. It's hard to tell what, what kind of noises will come out of me whenever I bite into that, but if I have to. I shouldn't say whenever like a, like it's going to happen because it ain't. It ain't going to happen. But anyway, um, I don't think that we really have anything else to talk about um, unless you have something that you wanted to go over before. Oh, you did mention, I, I do remember before the show, you mentioned um, injuries and we dropped somebody. Is that the case?
1: Well, I mean, obviously the Dak Prescott injury. Um, oh, calf well, strain. yeah,
0: I was wondering what you're talking about. Yeah, it, a calf strain, they did an MRI, um, didn't see anything too concerning. And Jerry said this morning on the 105.3, the fan on his interview, weekly interview that he does on there that um, given the bye week this week, he's pretty um, actually it worked out really well because he would be concerned if we had a game this week, but with the bye week and the rest that he'll get, um, that he will be able to play against Minnesota. So um, expect to see him still listed as questionable all the way up until the Minnesota game, but I'm sure that will just be formality um, and that we will see Dak playing against Minnesota. So good good news there for sure, um, because I believe this was a similar injury to what uh, Gallup had
1: not you know, as serious.
0: L- yeah, not as serious but the same injury. It was a calf strain, so um so good good to know that he won't be out like Gallup was for for three or four games. So um and then who did we drop?
1: We dropped uh Nick Ralston fullback to make way for Lyle Collins who is coming back.
0: Yes, that's the other big news that we had this week is Law L. Collins is finally done with his suspension for his um, <laughs> drug case that happened. From um, <laughs> <we For>, n-
1: <laughs> trying to bribe the guy giving the drug test. Uh, right. Come
0: on. So do we? do we know, like, I know they had mentioned that he was going to try to, like, counter sue or something because of all of the times that he's been tested has there been anything come out more about that
1: he took it to court he was basically what he was trying to do was get his money back because he's suspended so he doesn't get any of that the the checks from the last five weeks um so basically what he was trying to do is get that money back and from what i've heard that the the judge basically uh told him no threw it out yeah, he's not getting that money back. But that—that's what it was trying. He wasn't like, obviously, he wants to play. But the big thing about it for him, I'm sure, was to get that money back. So,
0: so, so one thing I saw a, a discussion on the on that uh, Facebook group that I, there are a few and far between good discussions on there, <laughs> but this one was actually pretty decent. Um, what would you think if we moved Collins back to left guard? Nope. Um nope. in place of Williams because Williams has been a uh, he's been getting bum rushed pretty much all the time and he's always getting penalties. No nope. and left Steele at right tackle.
1: No. Put Collins at right tackle, Steele can go wherever.
0: I don't know. I like it. Steele's played really, really well. He has. And, and Collins but, Collins came to the NFL as a guard. Yeah, but it's his natural position.
1: Okay. Yeah, but I I I just think, you know, get him back in there. And do Don't
0: you want Don't you want your best five on the line though?
1: Yeah, move Steel over.
0: I don't know that Steele has ever played guard. I'd have to do some more research on either. that, but I I just think La having L at guard with with Smith, I mean, that just makes your left left side of your line just freaking like animals. Yeah, but I don't think and they'll Steel take. Steel has played really well too.
1: I don't think they'll take William. I mean, they might rotate, but I don't. I don't I see did. them taking Steel out and just replacing him outright with Lyle Collins. I just don't think that they would do that.
0: You mean Williams?
1: Well, yeah. Who did I say?
0: He said Steel. But
1: Steel. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. That's Williams, probably Williams. what... Yeah.
0: I mean, that's what was, that's where the depth chart was at the time before was, you know, Williams was in at left guard and, and Lyle was right, right tackle. But I just, I I wonder, I mean, I, I don't think you'll see it happen, but yeah. I, I wouldn't, I, I, mean, I mean, I would like to see them try it. With the way that
1: because we've been moving people around on defense, I mean, it would, Makes sense to maybe try it on offense, you know, see how it works. Yeah, know?
0: I mean, that, and that's the thing is like get your best five there, you know. Yeah, and 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 where they play the best, and we know Steele has played really well on right tackle. I mean, for a guy that you know wasn't expecting to play much this year, as he's just going to be filler time, and he came in and he, I mean, he he played really well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you'd like to see. Uh, an opportunity where our best 5 that are playing the best are on the field together and and to me it makes sense i would like to see it but i don't i don't think it's something that will happen um but you do you look back at you look back at his LSU days and he played at left guard um when he first came to us he was a guard and we moved him to right tackle um, because we had Zach Martin and Frazier and all the, or not Frazier, um, oh, who was our other guard at the time? Anyway, we had, you know, the inside of our line and our left tackle with Tyron Smith was all set. And so the only spot that Collins could get playing time was the right tackle, and that's where we needed to help. So they moved him there at that time, but he was a guard. And a damn good one, so I. It just it would be interesting to see. I don't know if it'll happen, but I'm glad to have him back because it gives our line some more depth. Um, you know, we've been using McGovern as a fullback, um, getting the extra blockers in. So you have, you know, McGovern getting playing time. You have Williams has been in there. Um, you have Steele getting a lot of playing time. Um, the line looks good. Um, not not something I would want to mess too, too much with, but to me with all of the mistakes that Williams has been making the last few weeks with the penalties and the whole, you know, holding and, um, just, he's been, he's given up, I think a couple sacks, um, pressures come from his area quite a bit. So I'd just like to see maybe a little change up there to possibly, um, give a boost to the team, but who knows? We'll see what happens next week. Um, not this week coming, obviously, because it's a bye, but uh, next week against uh, Minnesota when we when we face off against not a division rival, but a team that we've been playing quite a bit um, within our conference. So, um, I don't think I really have anything else to talk about tonight, Daniel. Um, we talked about the injuries, we talked about Dak, we talked about... Yeah, I mean, uh, pretty much. That's pretty much all I've got. What What about you, man? You got anything else you want to talk about?
1: Uh, I think that they're starting to bring Gallup back in for practice uh, next week, since they have the week off this week. Um, so we'll see how that goes. He might be back for Vikings. Uh, worst case, probably uh, the following game versus the. Oh gosh, where is it at? I forget. Uh, the Broncos. So there's a chance he plays against the Vikings, but you know we'll see we'll see how he is once he works back into practice next week. Um,
0: yeah, I thought I was reading that it, it. They were expecting him, and um ah shoot the uh, Kelvin Joseph to both be back next week. yeah, I think for the for the Vikings game. Yeah, I think
1: Kelvin Joseph actually started practicing last week, so he for sure will be ready. Um, I'm pretty sure I saw that Gallup um, they're starting to work him in so so it might like I said it might be uh, another week uh, after the bye week but I mean with, with a bye week and then practicing I I would say Gallup would probably 80% chance he plays versus the Vikings so I like it
0: guess. I'm excited to have him back I mean,
1: so we're fantasy owners it.
0: Yeah, I know. I, I actually just made a trade last week and, and got him, so I got I picked it up and, and him with Schultz in a trade, um, knowing, you know, obviously I wouldn't have him next week anyway, um, but I needed a tight end. That was the, the league I was talking about last week on the episode when um, I was talking about, you know, using possibly Jarwin as a flyer, which Glad I didn't end up having to go with him because he only had one catch for a yard. So, um, but
1: yeah, so touchdown Jarwin, yeah, this past week against the Patriots. Yeah, he did. Yeah,
0: that the- is only catch for a yard.
1: Oh. Yeah, it was like those in the red zone. Okay. I think it was our first touchdown. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, I do remember that now. Yeah. But that was his only catch, so, I mean, yeah, Still at least, he would have gotten eight eight points, yeah. I guess. It's not bad, I guess, for a tight end, but um, anyway, yeah, I ended up getting a, a trade offer for Schultz, and, um, uh, Schultz and, and Gallup and got rid of, I don't even remember, it was a bench player for me, so it worked out pretty well for me.
1: I made a trade today. <clears throat> I traded the Patriots kicker for Miles Gaskin. Nice. I mean, they've literally scored the same amount of points all year. But <laughs> I literally, I have had Chris Carson. He's on IR. And I had my other two running backs, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. So I've got, <laughs> last week I had to play them both because there was literally nothing on waivers. I was like, well, Dillon gets, you know, at least, you know, the week before they both had like 15 points. And I'm like, well, you know, worse things could happen and then Dylan doesn't do anything. Right. But, yeah, like, so I was like, I need, I need like, a running back just, just to have because, you know, Carson's on IR, so.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm crushed by buys this week on my my money league. I have Josh Allen on buy, uh, Justin Jefferson on buy, and, of course, Dalton Schultz and Gallup are on buy. Mm-hmm. The defense that I picked up last week is on a buy. Um, Zach Moss is on a buy. And I'm not sure what's going to happen with Dallas Goddard because he's still listed as out. He's so, just got to
1: pass the COVID protocol. He'll be fine.
0: <clears throat> but I have pits too, so I might not even need them. But I'm just I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to pick up on my uh, – I'm hoping to maybe pick up the Patriots for my D this week and then i got to figure out who I'm going to drop and get a quarterback to play since Josh Allen's on by. So I don't have a backup quarterback, so I don't know what to do. Kind of a tough spot, but we'll figure it out. Yeah. So anyway, that being said, I appreciate you guys listening to us tonight. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode and you'll join us again next week where we will preview our matchup against the Minnesota Vikings. Um, thankfully there's no game this week um, as far as you know that goes so we can have a little bit of a break um, right in the middle of the season so it works out pretty well and Wayne can enjoy you know his vacation and hopefully he'll be back next week and we can have him on for the preview podcast and have our um, bold predictions and score predictions and all that included for the next episode so Daniel, where is the link to our discord
1: in the description down below?
0: Make sure you join our discord. Like Daniel said, it'll be, the link will be in the description below. Come on and join us. Um, We love to have some more voices in there to talk to, especially because most of them are bonners and that gets old. Um, (laughs) So get in there and talk with us, talk some shop with us. We love football. We will talk anything um, it doesn't have to be Dallas Cowboys, so um, definitely join our discord and come out and chat with us. I hope to see you guys next week and let's go Cowboys.